Episode 6 of Dig City, the Purdue Volleyball Podcast, alongside Purdue head coach Dave Shondell. I'm Daniel Gilman, fresh off of the heels of one of the most exciting wins of the season. Another five-set victory for your bunch on the road. This time, it's for the Mo Nun Spike. And so I'm sure a lot of people who are on social media circulating have seen your excitement post-match. Just talk to us about the feelings you were feeling when Emma Ellis came through with those, those clutch kills at the end of the fifth. Oh, Emma Ellis was remarkable uh, last night. Uh, we had to lean on some freshmen uh, heavily last night in the absence of Caitlin Newton, who's out with a, a medical issue. And so we started two freshmen in the outside hitting position, played an additional freshman, Maddie Chin. Um, I think the unsung hero last night may have been backcourt player Maddie Skimmerhorn, another freshman. So four freshmen in the mix last night against a senior-laden Indiana team. And that was the thing that really concerned me, Daniel, going to that match was we're not – our top point scorer is not in attendance with us. We're going into Indiana's beautiful brand-new facility and and – I know how coaches operate. You're playing your rival in your new building. It's the it's the schedule. It's it's the match you've marked on your schedule, whether it's been done publicly or not. It's a big match, and I knew that Indiana was going to play a great match against us. So I was really concerned that uh, our team would be you know be prepared to to match that type of um, motivation that I knew that they would have. So I was really really proud of the way we competed. Blake Moeller coming off of an ankle injury. She's had one injury after another this year. She was a warrior last night in that match and and without her we're not we're not going to win that match. So I was I was pleased with everybody across the board. I thought Haley Bush gave us a, a tremendous effort in, in every facet. Mentioned the freshman, uh, J.L. Johnson, sophomore, came off the bench uh, to give us a, a badly needed lift at the right time. Grace Cleveland, another sophomore, uh, just gave us a great all-around game um, throughout. And I thought Marissa Horning uh, has been really, really good the last three matches, just steady as can be, uh, another sophomore. So the, the team is young, but we're starting to, to play more like a veteran squad. And at the end of this episode... We'll be chatting with the new uh, Purdue IU hero, Emma Ellis, in our segment, Befriend the Boilers, so stay tuned for that. But, Coach, I don't. I think it's a little too early to start building the Emma Ellis statue, but a new uh, season high, career high for her with 13 kills. What did she do there, aside from just getting the sets from Haley? What did she do there at the end of that fifth set? She, she's a great competitor. Um, and sometimes when you come in as a freshman to this environment, it's hard to, to really believe in, in yourself. And I thought she went uh, about four or five weeks to begin the year where she was just feeling things out. And now all of a sudden she recognized that, that for her to play, for her to be on the floor, she has to bring it. And for our team to win, she has to bring it. And, and she's been doing that. And, and she's been a leader for other people to look at. Uh, she wanted the ball. Every, every time down the stretch, she wanted the ball and give Haley credit. Haley was giving it to her, and uh, she hit some big shots. And you know, the last play of the of the uh, match, we set her at uh, fourteen thirteen. She takes a big rip at it, and uh, they get a hand on it and overpass it, and she's right there and very politely puts it right back down. So, uh, really good night for her, and, and I I expect her to continue to play at that level uh, throughout the rest of the season. And then, of course, you know, Maddie Skimmerhorn comes in, has to play a lot more than she has all season long. Nine digs, 
added an ace. They took the ace away from her, but I liked. I was talking about her ace in the mid parts of that fourth set as well. But how do you think she bounced back from what was a, a crippling service error at the end of the fourth set? I think at twenty three all or twenty four all there, and then she really uh, battled through that fifth set. Uh, if she made a critical service error, I'd forgotten about it because she was she was incredible. Uh, last night, she passed a two point, I think three nine, um, and I'm sure was targeted a lot by Indiana last night because she's a freshman playing in a big match. She makes terrific defensive plays. She brings a calm and presence to the floor that you do not expect uh, a freshman, uh, you, know, you know, to bring. And uh, I've said all along that that she's further along in the basic skills of serving, uh, not serving, but passing and defending than any freshman we've had. And we brought some highly talented freshmen in here to play the position in the backcourt for Purdue. But uh, she is, she has just shown um, some, some terrific things. And, and we're really, really excited about her uh, moving forward and to know that you know she'll be here for quite some time. Yeah, that's quite some praise. And, and talking to Maddie in one of the previous episodes, you guys can go back and listen to that as well. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Apple Podcasts under the Purdue Sports Podcast link. Maddie talks about how her cat is named Boiler, how she wrote a yeah. letter when she was eight years old, that all she wanted to do was play Division One volleyball for Purdue. So it's clear that she bleeds gold and black, and, and it's it's fantastic to see her out there really representing her, her school. Well, I think there's something to be said for a player that, that loves Purdue. Uh, and her her history goes way back, so you know she's got black and gold running through her veins. And um, but then to bring the aplomb, the the skill, uh, the passion that she has to to make this team successful, she has intangibles that very few college athletes have. This is not about her. There's nothing about what we're doing that's about Maddie Skimmerhorn. This is about Purdue volleyball. This is about what, what's best for the university. And the more players you can find like that and put on a team, the better off your chances of winning will be. All right, so let's talk about the significance of this win. I mean, obviously leaning heavily on Grace Cleveland. She had one of those Michaela Fecky, Jacqueline Quaid matches where when you look at it on the stat sheet, it's not as impressive because of the 10 errors, but with 69 swings, 23 kills, she clearly stepped up. And then Blake Moeller playing about 50%, set a new season high with 12 kills. Clearly one person or two people really need to step up, especially with an absence of a starter. But for you, it seems like when they face IU, there's some fire in them. 31-3 and three since you've joined here in West Lafayette. There's got to be something about that IU rivalry that brings out the best in your in your student athletes. I'm not counting, but uh, it's just 30. Well, hopefully we'll be at 31 when we we play them the next time. But um, when you're in a rivalry match, um, and I've been in athletics for a long time, um, you don't know what's going to happen uh, when you're playing that arch rival, whether it's a cross town rival in high school, uh, whether it was Ball State playing Ohio State men's volleyball that I was a big part of. Uh, and certainly here, the the Purdue-Indiana rivalry. Anybody that's familiar with both schools know when those two teams get together in any sport, anything can happen. Um, but we we feel like it's a big it's a big match for Purdue uh, when we play Indiana, and this is a really good Indiana team. That that's that's what people need to understand. That I think their RPI is in the in the 30s. Um, they went down and beat Kentucky at Kentucky. I think Kentucky will win every match at home this year with the exception of two, the loss to Indiana and the loss to Kentucky, or the loss, excuse me, the loss to Purdue that we gave them. So 
this is an Indiana team that played a, a really good match last night. They deserved to win the way they played last night. They served tough. They passed well. Uh, they competed hard. They had a great crowd there. Um, we just upset the apple cart because we had some young people play uh, at a, a level beyond their age, and our veteran players showed up and, and competed for the Boilermaker Nation. So, um, But it, it, the win was significant because you've got to win a certain amount of matches to compete in this league. You've got to win a certain amount of matches to make the NCAA tournament. And as tough as our early season slate is, um, when you get an opportunity to beat somebody, you have to do it. And, uh, you know, we, we dropped the ball with Illinois here, who, you know, is a top 15 team. So it's not like we embarrassed ourselves, but that was one we, should, we wanted to win. We didn't have Blake uh, for that match, and that was a, a little bit of a factor. Blake's back. We would like to get Caitlin Newton back, but um, that's a medical issue, and sometimes those things just have to play out, and you have to just do the best you can and, and, until she reappears. But um, can you imagine what we will be like if, if Caitlin comes back and plays at the level she can play at uh, with the way that the, this group played last night? It would be fun to see. So now three more road matches before going back home against Iowa and Nebraska. First Northwestern, then Nebraska, then Ohio State. Where do you think – your Boilermakers lie right now in the Big Ten, sitting at two and three, coming off of that well-needed win at at Indiana. Well, I think our fans and need to recognize that records this early in a conference, especially one like the Big Ten, are meaningless uh, because it depends on who you've played. You can look at the schedule that Indiana has played, for example. The IU right now is one and four, um, but they have played at Wisconsin, at Minnesota. They have played uh, Purdue. Uh, they have played Illinois. So there's four teams ranked in the top 20 that they've played already. And so they're one and four. They beat Northwestern at home. Now on Saturday, they get to go back to Illinois and, and play another top 20 team. So the, the schedules this early don't mean a whole lot. Indiana is an NCAA tournament team. If they can maintain you know, their, their drive and composure, they're, they should be an NCAA tournament team. But it, it's not easy in our league because we beat each other up quite a bit. Um, for us, we're two and three. Uh, we've lost to three teams ranked in the top 15 in the country during league play. You have to win some of those if you want to get a seed in the NCAA tournament. Those are things that we know. We recognize that. Um, and moving forward, we, we just have to keep getting better. We have to keep grinding in practice. We keep to have to play as a team. We have to keep building each other up and, and be ready to play. we got to win close sets and close matches like we did last night. And so we haven't talked since the beginning of, of conference play. So if you could kind of sum up those three losses that, that your team had, and then you know we can kind of dive into Northwestern. But first, let's talk a little bit about the trip to Wisconsin and Minnesota and then that four-setter against Illinois. Yeah, I'd love to talk about something a little bit more enjoyable than that. But uh, um, we went to Wisconsin, and um, the first two sets we played at Wisconsin, we led. You know, late in the match, we led uh, 20 to 17 in one. We led 19 to 16 in the other. Couldn't close the door. Um, did not compete very well early in the third set. Battled back to make it respectable. But uh, again, Wisconsin's a team right now playing as well as anybody in the country. Um, as as you know, they beat Nebraska at Nebraska. They beat uh, somebody else really good. That's oh, Penn State at home. Uh, following our match so uh, they're really really good Minnesota I thought was the most talented team we had seen when we played them at their place uh, they since have had some uh, some injuries but I think that um, their libero is back which is good for them uh, they were really good and I thought we we played well against Minnesota they they were just better at their place and 
it was back-to-back matches for us on the road and with some of the the physical issues we've got we we weren't as good as we needed to be at that point in time and then the other loss was here at illinois uh, which was one that uh, you you play at home you've got to win matches against top you know 15 teams and um, we just didn't get it done against them on that night and uh, won the first one dropped the next three we were right in game four and that's what you know i tried to tell our players you know going into we're, we're getting ready to start set four and i said okay, we, we played poorly in two sets in a row. Let's get it back here because if we can turn this thing into a five-game match at home, we got a really good chance to win. And I thought we came out and played well in, in the fourth set, but they were just better than we were on that night. And so uh, the sweep over Northwestern, we're going to play them again on Saturday night. I'm not quite sure where the scheduling comes in there, facing the same team in an eight-day span, but at least the scouting uh, will be uh, a little easier for you guys. I guess keep an eye on Temi Thomas-Ilara because she was absolutely uh, fantastic in the gym uh, last Friday night in Holloway. Yeah, the the parameters are challenging for the schedule maker in the Big Ten. There are certain things that our coaches have asked them to prioritize um, in that in that schedule. We, we don't want to have – you play every team – you play seven teams twice, and you play six teams one time. You don't want one team to play seven really, really tough teams twice, and then the the, the, the weaker teams just six times. So that's one of the things that we're trying to do. We don't want to have to play. We don't want one team playing back-to-back nights and another team having four days in between. So there's lots of things that we've prioritized with them, and but somehow it's it's not – they're not capable of, of keeping, you know, some of these teams – separated on your schedule very far like we're playing um as you mentioned northwestern a week apart we're playing michigan less than a week apart uh indiana's match is about you know two two weeks maybe two and a half weeks separated but um that doesn't bother me i mean like you mentioned it, it helps a little bit with a scout and you don't have to you know reinvent the wheel uh, when you're when you're playing people, uh, because you, the scouting is fresh in your mind, you have to make adjustments. You know, you talk about Northwestern; they have possibly the best freshman uh, that we've seen in the Big Ten in a long, long time. And keep in mind, Recky was just a freshman a few years ago. But uh, we were watching uh, Tammy Thomas um, on the way home uh, on video last night, my brother John and I, and I said she's a volleyball machine. She's a volleyball machine, and she's only going to get better. And they're setting her – they set her 39 times in three games last night. I thought it would be more than that. But they're setting her the ball a lot, and she's very hard to stop in the front row and the back row. So you have to certainly – every team that they play is going to center their attention around here. But they also have Nia Robinson, who has been their best player the last two years, also an outside hitter. They made a, a small adjustment since we played them last – um, that you know we'll have to pay attention to as well as far as our lineup is concerned. But, again, Northwestern's a team that, on the surface, you think, well, they're not very good because they're 0-5 in the Big Ten. Well, look at who they've played. And look at their talent that they've got. This is a team that uh, Shane Davis has been building. This is Shane Davis's fifth year, I think, fourth or fifth year at Northwestern, a guy that won back-to-back national championships at Loyola in men's volleyball. He's got a great staff. Northwestern is a really, really good team, and uh, I, I hope that, that we can be healthy when we go up there. But it, uh, if not, we're going to have to you know, have people step up again like they did in Bloomington last night. And so there was no Blake in that match. Blake's status is going to be questionable. 23 swings for Moeller, and then Newton did play in that match on Friday. But you talk about the freshman 
and Emma Ellis, but Maddie Chin and Maddie Cook are two outsides who seemingly are, are still battling for that, you know, backup position, I guess you could call it, um, without Caitlin Newton per se. How would you evaluate the, the, those two in the in the last week or so? Moeller did play in that match against Northwestern. Okay. She did play. She was out uh, the following match. But we, we had everybody uh, for that match. Um, I think it was the, the next match that she was out for. She sw- twisted her ankle in practice on Saturday. So we had uh, we had a full deck uh, for Northwestern. Um, I, both players are playing well. I, mean, I don't really care who starts. I don't, I don't think it matters who starts. It's how our team does. There's a lot of people that, that you know, make a big deal about it, you know how often somebody is starting and how often somebody is playing and are they playing the front row and the back row or just the front row and those are things that uh, that don't mean a thing to me and they shouldn't mean anything to our players and I hope they don't mean a lot to our uh, the families of those players because this is about doing what you can for the team and and we've got so many great team players on this squad right now that uh, you know we need to continue uh, to, to build that momentum winning at this level is about culture Winning at this level is not about how many kills one player gets on the team or how many times a player starts during a season. Um, winning is about the culture and having the, as many great teammates as you can have on a squad. So now let's go into our uh, bonus segment here, fifth set with Shondell, and talk about a topic that a lot around the conference have been discussing in the last year or so, the 20-match season in the Big Ten. I know you have some opinions about it. We've talked about it off mic a few times and talking about maybe a potential Big Ten tournament. What are some of the rumblings around the coaching um, statures in the conference about that? Well, there's uh, a majority of the, the coaches in our league would, would like to move away from 20 matches. Um, I think that uh, if you're one of the top traditional top three or four programs, and when I say that, you're talking about right now Penn State, uh, Minnesota, Nebraska. You know, those are the three for sure that have, have been there consistently. Lately, you would add Wisconsin to that. We we would be, along with Illinois, you know, maybe four, five, six, somewhere in, in that category. But um, you can look at the Big Ten standings right now, and there are teams that are really good that their coaches and players are already – probably beginning to stress out because their win-loss record is not at a place they want it to be and they're looking at 15 or 16 more Big Ten conference matches to play and they're going to have to win 60-70% of those to be eligible for the NCAA tournament Um, and it's it's a challenge. We've had the discussion for years. I've always been a proponent that to get more Big Ten teams into the dance we need to play less Big Ten matches because at the end of the day, your RPI in the Big Ten is going to be based on a 500 opponent's record because the Big Ten at the end of the day is going to be 500 okay, against each other. That's the way it works. And the chances of beating Big Ten teams is not as good as if you're going to go outside your conference and play a couple matches. The other thing that has become even more of an issue is our league has become really tough. And the grind that, that these athletes have playing ma- – I mean, we played on a Wednesday night down at IU, and we played a two-hour and 40-minute match, okay? That's after preparing like crazy to get ready for it. And then we come back, and now we got to prepare to go back on the road to Northwestern and play a team where that match could very easily go four or five. And the, the, um, the, the physical stress and the, and the emotional uh, 
part of it can can really wear a team down. And then you get then after you've played twenty Big Ten matches, then you go to the NCAA tournament. And in some ways, the Big Ten prepares you well for the NCAA tournament. But in other ways, it can eliminate you from getting in it if you're going to play 20 matches. Um, and I don't want to specify any teams, but you can look right now at the Big Ten standings, and you can find some teams that are eight and eight, or nine and seven, that are that may have a hard time winning enough matches to get in. And their RPIs right now are in the top 40 in the country. So it, it's it you know the schedule maker for the, for Big Ten volleyball does not necessarily agree with that. Uh, we butt heads with with him. Uh, a lot on that. I don't know what what he's looking at that's different than what I'm looking at because I know that we can go outside our league and find teams with great records and beat them on a regular basis as opposed to maybe play a team like right now. Northwestern, uh, I think, is about 500. I don't know what exactly the record is, but um, they're a tough team to beat. Okay, but their record is not going to benefit you as much um, RPI-wise as going out and playing a team like you know Bowling Green, who's who has a pretty good win-loss record right now, or Ohio University, who we played early in the season, um, or not playing anybody at all, just resting, just resting your bodies a little bit instead of playing um, two matches every week. And I know that people who are not familiar with with volleyball think, oh, it's a kissing you know or a hit and giggle game. It's not. I mean, our kids are working really hard, uh, which is why most teams in our league have players that are out right now with injuries because of the of the effort that's going on. So my thoughts are clearly that playing 20 matches is not a good thing for the athletes in the Big Ten. And then last question, if, if you were to shorten it to you know, 18, 17, 16 and move everything up a week, would it be possible to have a Big Ten tournament you know, the Thanksgiving weekend or even you know, the week before that? You know, I, I think there's two sides to that coin. One would be, I think our coaches would love to have an event for our players. You know, we're one of the sports in the Big Ten that doesn't have that event, uh, that opportunity for all the players to come together. Uh, volleyball is a big deal in the Midwest. It's become, you know, the, the, ask the people the Big Ten Network. Uh, they're raving about the listen or the the viewers that they're getting on on the Big Ten Network. Um, that would be that would be a good side of it, but. You're not helping yourself if you're trying to alleviate some of the grind and the stress uh, of your your team if you're going to cut back three matches and then go play a tournament. And one of the things that your your basketball coaches don't like about the tournament is, um, you know, if Matt Painter uh, gets into the, the Big Ten tournament and wins it, he's played at least three matches in a row. And now you're going to go play in the NCAA tournament. So there's a lot of ways to look at it, you know, and, and um, so I, I, we haven't ruled out the opportunity someday of trying to have some form of a tournament uh, in, in our, in our um, volleyball conference. But I think for, for me and, and I think 10 or 11 of the coaches in our league, we would really like to just to, to cut down on the amount of matches that we're playing against this really, really high-level competition and give our, our athletes a little more rest during that 10-week uh, period. So we're we're better geared up when the tournament gets here. All right. Thanks so much, Coach. Thank you, Daniel. All right. We'll be right back as I befriend the boiler with our new uh, folk hero in this rivalry match. Emma Ellis, the freshman from Charlotte, coming up next. It's time to befriend the boiler. I'm here with freshman outside hitter from Charlotte, North Carolina, Emma Ellis, coming off of a magical performance. Just last night, we're here recording the following morning. How you feeling after that 13-kill match at IU? Amazing and tired. <laughs> So now, you know, talking about your first few weeks in conference play, is the Big Ten play everything you, you thought it would be or more? I knew it was going to be tough, but 
definitely it's a lot tougher than I expected. What about it? Um, just first of all, the level of intensity and the pace of the game is much different than high school or club. So why did you go ahead and, and pick Purdue from North Carolina? What brought you up to Indiana? Um, definitely the level of volleyball play, but also the support behind the volleyball program and the school itself. What's your favorite volleyball memory? Well, beating IU for sure now. <laughs> <laughs> what about that match last night kind of sticks out in your brain? What will you never forget about it? Um, I think just playing together as a team on the court, it was so much fun out there cheering and screaming and fighting. It was a really fun fight. Which road trip city has been your favorite, and which one are you most excited to go to second half of the year? Um, I think Wisconsin was fun, because yeah, it was like kind of in the city, and I think it was just a neat place. And which one are you excited to go to? Um, well, maybe not, because the place, but I would love to see what Nebraska's like. That's, I mean, that's the number one for me. I, I just want to see 8,000 fans yeah, in the gym. Same. So that's coming up next week for us, and so... As we look at each match and, and you go about, you know, your, your pregame warm-up, do you have any rituals mm-hmm. or superstitions? Um, always dancing. I love to dance with my teammates in the locker room. And also, like, my socks have to be, like, a certain length above my ankle brace or I have to redo it. Okay. All right. That's a good one. If you had one choice of what your meal would be, your last meal ever, what would it be? Definitely barbecue. Anything? Anything barbecue. Anything in particular? <laughs> um, Probably... Pork or brisket? Okay. How was the barbecue in Nashville? Oh, it was phenomenal. I, I missed it. <laughs> I agree. I think Dave and I had a whole segment on barbecue before that match. <laughs> so now when you were growing up, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, a large animal vet. Okay. And mm-hmm. so what's your major now? Pre-vet. <laughs> Perfect. So you're right on track? Yes, as of right now. So what, what is a large animal vet? Um, it just, they just work with like animals like cows, horses, pigs, like more like farm animals or yeah, more of your bigger animals, not necessarily like dogs and cats, but your bigger animals. Okay. Well, welcome to Indiana. <laughs> we have a few of those. <laughs> yes. What, did you grow up in, in a city in Charlotte or were more outs- outskirts? Um, more in the outskirts. Okay. Did you have any animals? No. I'd fish, but I wasn't really good at taking care of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so... We talked about pregame rituals. What about one or two songs or artists you like to listen to be- to pump you up? Um, I love Michael Jackson, like in his younger days. So I love I Want You Back or um, ABC. Those are my two favorite for sure. Oh, yeah, that's your yeah. jam? <laughs> now let me ask you, is there any story behind your hair or do you just let it fly? I just let it fly. <laughs> Basically, yep, every day I just let it fly. I wake up like this, I just let it go. Oh, so you might be the only, like woman in america that doesn't have to do her hair yeah that's true probably very convenient <laughs> yeah and so a lot of people are obviously buzzing about you know dave's post-game videos and, and his hypeness is do you have any favorite <laughs> dave Shondell memory so far um definitely i think throwing his clipboard last night in the <laughs> locker room it was scary but it was definitely fun to see that's awesome. It was That was a fun one if you guys haven't checked that out go to purdue volleyball on twitter to see that and then lastly what goes through your mind, you know, talking about this IU match and, and Haley Bush consistently setting it to you? And do you have that hunger for every point? Do you want the ball? Mm-hmm. I want to go up and I just want to shove it down their throats every time. But yet you have this big smile. So there's no there's no real, you know, intimidation factor there. You just you just beat them with your arm. Yeah. 
Basically. That's perfect. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. That'll wrap up this episode of Dig City. Can't wait to uh, get back into this in a few weeks, but we've got a couple road trips to go to next. Thanks for joining us. I'm Daniel Gilman, and this is Dig City Purdue Volleyball.